It's the round five roundup here on the Hundred Club. I'm Tom, joined by Rich, and I've got to warn you now: he's not happy with those London spirit. <laughs> See how unhappy he really gets on this show. Rich, good morning. How are you doing? Actually, wait before I ask you that and prod the bear. Do you want some good news? Yeah, give, give me the good news. Since we last did a roundup, we've smashed through 100 subscribers. Uh, so I just want to say a big thank you to everyone who's done that. And it's lovely and we are enjoying it. So thank you for your loyalty, I suppose. Yeah, no, thank you very much. I think it's been an interesting week following the 100. Um, yeah. I think, as everybody knows, the 100 is a slightly divisive issue in English cricket at the minute. And, and that was sort of very prominent before the tournament started. And then the tournament started, and I think a lot of people realised, actually, this is quite good. The cricket is very high quality. And then we had the Test match this week, and obviously England started pretty disastrously. <sighs> and the whole thing seemed to come back to the surface again. So that was a bit disappointing. But this is a safe space, Tom, right? This is a this is a 100 fans only. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm, not, I'm not ruling out having a chat about the Test match at some point in this video. <laughs> Yeah, we can, we can do that. If you don't like the 100 and you're watching this, what are you doing with your life? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you should be on Twitter talking about the 100. <laughs> yeah. Go and no. find something you like. Anyway, for, the, for those who do like it, uh, we've got plenty to chat about. Yeah, and, you know, we are just two fans. We, 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 we have a chat mostly about the cricket itself. And uh, there's been some good stuff this week, I think. I've been away for a bit, wandering around the wild lands of this country, but uh, I've actually caught quite a lot of it. So I will indulge you slightly, and let's talk about the London spirit against the Northern Superchargers, the first of the, the round five matches. Yeah, certainly not the game of the round. Um, in fact, probably the, the biggest, most one-sided game so far. Uh, you were I, there? I, I was at Lords on Tuesday night. I was. It, it was a... A good occasion to start with, you know, obviously the women uh, recording their first win at, at headquarters. Uh, we'll talk about that in a little bit. But the, the men's side are currently, uh, you know, on one point from a rain out against Oval. Otherwise, they've lost their other four, four games. You know, they threw away winning positions in games two and three against the Rockets and then against the Southern Brave. But in this one, they were just, just absolutely not at the races. Um, yeah, and so in round four as well, when they had the the leading power play of the tournament so far, completely messed up that run chase as well. Yeah, the I mean the middle order batting has been the main issue throughout. Uh, as you said, they had that great power play. Uh, Crawley in the one game he played got some runs at the top of the order, but you know Denley, Morgan, Bopara um, just haven't fired at all. You know, I mean, Mohammed Nabi as well has been a disappointment. Um, and I think we mentioned it at the start of the tournament that they looked a very experienced side. You know, they had a lot of matches under their belt. So not a lot of youth in that lineup. And, it, and yeah. perhaps it's shown. Well, I think I'm going to make it a counter argument. And when we're talking about one of the later games that, you know, experience absolutely has its place in this tournament. But I just think they're just not in good nick. And I saw on one of the forums, uh, <laughs> I don't know whether this is damning by fake praise or however you want to put it, but one of the forums I saw someone describe them as just would be a very good T20 Vitality Blast team. And maybe that's just showing the quality in the other teams. Yeah, there's an element of that. I think if there's a positive, uh, you look at the three overseas they have at the minute, Inglis, uh, Nabi, and you know, Mohamed Amir, Amir who, who's not, not been great, to be honest. And you think even the top tier of you know payment in the 100 isn't 
that it doesn't rival that of other leagues, but you do have that added carrot if you're going to play four home games at Lords, and that could potentially tempt cricketers in. So if you sort of move, move those three out, then you could bring in three very good overseas players next year to bolster the squad and hopefully kind of you know, bring in some youth. They, they've missed out by the fact they haven't had Mark Wood involved in any of the games. And obviously when they first drafted Crawley and Lawrence all those years ago, they weren't regulars in the test side. So yeah. you could say that's been a bit unfortunate there. But otherwise, I think you're right. Yeah, they're, they're just a, a kind of a good blast lineup. Nothing exceptional there. And um, it, it, it's showing at this level that they're, that's, that's the thing. It's hard to be critical. It's not, yeah. not doesn't don't seem good enough. That said, you wouldn't absolutely put it beyond, say, Josh Inglis, Owen Morgan have a great day and they absolutely wipe the floor with someone else. There is still quality in there. And let's talk about the Northern Superchargers a bit because, you know, they did the, they did the business and it was Harry Brook again. Harry Brook shepherding them through early on uh, with a very kind of calm, calm knock. It's hard to say calm when you're going striking at like 120, <laughs> 130, but no, it look, looked a very kind of old old head on young shoulders. But it was really David Willey's day, um, smashing you know, 81, which yeah. I think is the highest men's score of the tournament so far, and including one six that landed about sort of five ro- uh, five seats away from me. And I can tell you what, I didn't fancy getting my hands on it as it was coming down. So <laughs> nice. you, you do realise that as easy as these catches in the deep look, you know, this is tricky. But Willie had a great day. And I mean, it's been a good tournament so far for a kind of left arm quicks. You know, a lot of people have been singing the praises of Tamar Mills, uh, yeah. saying he should be going to the UAE. But, you know, Willie is an all-round option. Then went and dismissed both the openers in this game. I think it was two for nine or something. So, yeah. you know, yeah, big performance by David Willie, big performance by the Superchargers. And I think, yeah, they're certainly dark horses for the, uh, the tournament or, you know, front runners, as I said at the yeah. beginning. Yeah, and uh, I think I had them in the top three when we looked at them. The you know on the predictions show, um, I, I, I don't want to trawl that up as well. Honourable mention to Adil Rashid, also bowling very well at the moment, really. So if you contrast the two teams, I think the Northern Superchargers, big names, Chris Lynn as well in there, um, you know, really starting to show up, and uh, they're they're showing some good form. And Fatu Plessy still to come in as well. Still to come in. So yeah, absolutely looking healthy. I've seen some pictures of him training in the gym. So. Fingers crossed, he's uh, he's he's good to go. So let's look at the flip side of that fixture then, with the the spirit women giving you something to cheer about at least on the day. This was a good game to watch, and it was impressive to see the impact that Tammy Beaumont made in her second game. So she she wasn't quite at the races in the first one. She batted a reasonable number of balls, but clearly wasn't quite in nick. In this, she played really well. Had a big partnership with Deandra Dottin, and it just shows like when when your two big players put a partnership together almost any target can be can be chased down. And I think the most positive thing for the London spirit in this this game was the the amount of control that Beaumont and Dotton had as they were chasing it down. I mean, I know Beaumont got out towards the end, and, but then they, they threw Danny Gibson up the order, brought her in at five. She's sort of been batting at eight in previous games and doing quite well. I thought that was a really smart strategic move. Um, you know, she hit a big boundary towards the end there and, and then Dotton finished it off in the last five balls. So yeah, very, very kind of calm professional run chase from the spirit. Yeah, so they won it by seven wickets in the end. I mean, it's not like the Northern Superchargers had a particularly bad day. Again, Jemima Rodriguez got another half century. That's her third in four outings now. Absolutely dominating at the top of the run chart. But as you say, Deandra Dottin looked, uh, again, got her half century and they looked pretty calm. They did. I mean, just to go back to that Rodriguez innings, you know, her, her hitting through the covers is is quite extraordinary because she's so she's, she's so bottom-handed. Normally, you associate bottom-handed players with being you know, really strong through the leg side, but I think mm. it's the hockey player in her. She just sort of clears the front leg away and just you know absolutely swings through in a sort of unusual way. It's not sort of conventional driving. It's kind of it's, 
it's it'd be crude to call it a hack, but you know, that's sort of what it looks like a little bit. And no, uh, it's, it's sort of, almost like a back, brushing motion, a brushing. Yeah, motion. exactly. Yeah. It's, it's quite extraordinary, but the power she yeah. generates is amazing. Yeah. Um, in our prediction show for the Northern Superchargers women, I think we said that uh, Jemima Rodriguez will need to start, find some form. I think I can happily agree with the recent comment we've had on that vid video that this might have been an understatement. Yes. And for, uh, for <laughs> yeah, we are in a good place with that one. So the next one I want to talk about was the um, the rain affected day of the Manchester Originals versus the Southern Brave. Uh, there's no result in the men's fixture there, but actually they did work hard and they got a Duckworth-Lewis-Stern Duckworth result for the Manchester Originals, who uh, earned a maiden win against the previously unbeaten Southern Brave. They did. A bit of a surprise. Top of the table versus bottom of the table. You know, we've been calling Southern Brave the juggernaut. You know, yeah. half expecting them to go <laughs> win all their games. But... We we knew all along the originals had a good side. They just needed to sort of put it together in a performance. And we always knew that their strength was their bowling. And I think this was what sort of played out on this this particular one in that they restricted the Southern Brave. I think it was to sort of 120 odd. Yeah. Um, some good performance by, uh, by Alex Hartley picking up three wickets in the match. And I think by... Uh, that, that then allowed them to sort of go after the run chase knowing it wasn't a, a huge total. And that allowed Lizelle Lee to sort of settle into her innings, and she batted very well until took them home. Yeah, it was a good knock from Lizelle Lee. And again, um, it, it wasn't perhaps the closest result, but again, a good quality game of cricket. Again, just reinforcing, I think, that point that we've made on several occasions, that the, the quality of those women's games has, has been night and day with some of the stuff you saw, say, five, ten years ago in that. Yeah, I think it just shows a maturity in run chasing, sort of understanding yeah. where the target is, how to go about a run chase, not panicking when you play out a few dots, understanding where your boundary options are and, and yeah, seeing the game home. So let's talk about um, actually a very good quality game as well, I thought, which was the Birmingham Phoenix Trent Rockets men. Uh, Birmingham Phoenix, uh, sorry, not Trent Rockets, the Overland Invincibles, my, my yeah. apologies, uh, who um, Birmingham Phoenix won by six wickets. And uh, I thought that was a really good game of cricket again. And the Birmingham Phoenix chase was was impressive. Extremely impressive. I think this is the highest scoring game of the tournament, right? In terms yeah. of the oval posting 170. Uh, particularly good knock from Colin Monroe, I think. In that innings. Uh, yeah, 80, 81. Yeah. Yeah, equaling the David Willey innings. Yeah. Um, and, but then the, the oval, uh, but then the Phoenix, you know, they've just got confidence throughout the side at the minute. I mean, Will Smead going really well at the top of the order. He got them off to a great start. You know, Moeen came in, does did what Moeen, Moeen does well. I mean, even Liam Livingston didn't particularly get a big score, but it's just the kind of the momentum he gives in innings, even when he gets yeah. a low score, because he just smears a massive six. And he doesn't, he's always he's always striking above 100. Yeah. Um, I know, I I know mean, maybe you have a bit, bit of beef with Moeen, right, for uh, not seeing I him do. anymore. <laughs> and it's born out of love, because my expectations <laughs> are for him are so high. But I, I think as a captain, he should have seen that innings home. He got to his 49 and he did what he is, got some form for doing, which is essentially just gave his wicket away with a slightly loose shot. So I would have liked to have seen him take it home, but that's only because, as I say, I set my expectations high. But the person who did do it was Chris Benjamin. And the 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 great story that is Chris Benjamin playing seconds, you know, without a contract a couple of, you know, months ago, absolutely coming out and doing doing the business with a, with a, a very cl clinical 30-odd just to see them over the line. 
Yeah, professional cricket is a very easy game for Chris Benjamin at the minute. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I think it's once you've done it once, you have that confidence. So you go into that run chase in that situation with no no fear, uh, mm. no sort of demons in your head, like, am I good enough at this level? Because he's already done it. So he just has to go and do what they've obviously, we know we've spoken to, you know, Phoenix, you know, data people, we've spoken to Phoenix players. We know that they plan meticulously. So he'll go into that situation knowing what he has to do. And it's then just up to him as a cricketer, you know, is he good enough to do it? And up to now, yeah, he's been good enough to do it. Yeah. Let's talk about the next one from the women's game. Uh, the Oval Invincibles chasing down the Birmingham Phoenix uh, with three balls to spare. And again, we've talked about one chases already on this programme. Um, I, I thought that was a, a very well-timed, paced run chase. And I want to say, I think Van Lee Kirk, uh, that was an experience, uh, experience showing performance, if that makes sense. Yeah, if at first you don't succeed, try, try again. And I think, <laughs> you know, the, the Oval had made a complete mess of their previous two run chases, both against modest targets. Yeah. Uh, against the uh, the Superchargers, I think they, you know, it was a modest target, but they were only sort of three or four down at the end. You know, they just hadn't gone quick enough. And then against the Welsh Fire back uh, down at a home game earlier in the week, um, they were only chasing 110 and, and, and only made you know, only made 100 in that and managed to get themselves bowled out. So I think they took the learnings from those two. And in this case, you know, Van Niekerk start, again started a little bit slowly, but I think she put her hand up and said, right, I'm going to bat through this innings. I'm going to be there at the end. People can bat around me and uh, we'll see at home. Yeah. And Alice Capsi alongside at the end as well, the 16-year-old. What an amazing experience she's going to be gaining from that. And uh, it was all good. Uh, and the setup, I think, by the bowling of Tash Farrant again, who is in red-hot form in the tournament. Yeah, continues to impress one of the leading wicket takers. It's, yeah. it's always useful to have that sort of different option to have a, the ball coming through a bit bit quicker. Um, so yeah. much of the, uh, the the women's bowling attacks are pace off, either kind of medium medium pace, bowling cutters, skiddy bowling actions, spin. Um, so if you do have that sort of variation of somebody a bit quicker, it's it's very useful. Yeah, and talking about nearly mucking up a run chase, we can talk about <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the Trent Rockets women uh, yesterday against the Welsh Fire. Uh, they only had 102 to knock down, and they looked actually like they were going to muck it up completely. But it was Nat Siver in the end who did the job and got them home with 54, I think it was, um, after what I thought was a pretty, yeah, it looked a little below par for the Welsh Fire on that game. Yeah, I think they left themselves probably 15 runs short. I think they were on, uh, they got to 90 odd after after 90 balls. Um, sorry, I think they only got sort of five or six off their last 10 balls. If they got 15, maybe they could have uh, been more exciting. I think one interesting thing on this one is that the table is so close that it could come down to net run rate. So just by forcing the uh, the Rockets to take you know, 90, 95, 96 balls over mm. the chase, was in a way a bit of a win for the Welsh Fire because it just did no damage to their to their net run rate at all. Yeah. Uh, I think Natsiv actually got got herself out with you know six or seven still required, leaving the uh, leaving some of her teammates to finish it off. But um, it, yeah, the, it, it, in the end, pretty comfortable win, but they made a bit of a mess of it at the end. Yeah, some good fielding in that game as well. We saw Catherine Bryce, who we've interviewed, clearly um, getting a great run out uh, side on um, from from the covers. So that was good stuff as well. Uh, the last game we'll chat about here. Is the uh, is the Trent Rockets Welsh Fire men just wrapped up last night? And Wahab Riaz, welcome to the party uh, with some Indeed. amazing, amazing death bowling. 
Indeed, it's an interesting question, this one, right? Because we, we've talked about Marshall Delanga, who came as a replacement for Wahab Riaz and had a great start to the tournament with eight wickets. So one of the questions we had was, you know, should uh, should they just keep Marshall Delanga rather than Wahab Riaz? And in the end, they went with Wahab Riaz. And uh, he played really well, four wickets, set up the win. It was a sort of not not the easiest run chase, but uh, you know Sam Patel played incredibly well to uh, to take his side home. Yeah, Samit uh, pictured there struck at over two hundred. Um, looked every inch the the wily and experienced campaigner that he is in this short format stuff. Um, so 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 an enjoyable game as well that one. Um, and the good news today for the Welsh Fire, I think, is that actually the, the Welsh government has announced that they're lifting their. Uh, um, covid regulations again so the hopefully we'll actually get some some fuller crowds within safari gardens for for the last a few games there yeah let's hope so because i think they had a maximum of five thousand there last night three i think it's just it's just three thousand and yeah. they have been selling out all their games so yeah it'd be, it'd be nice to see a full safari gardens for the welsh fire i thought there was a feel when the trent rockets were chasing down that total last night that uh, it felt a bit like the Northern Superchargers chase. I mean, for a while, Hales was there and he was sort of going at a runner ball. And you thought, is this going to be similar to that game? But actually, Samit Patel took, took the chase by the scruff of the, scruff of the neck. And a yeah. shout out to uh, our, our friend Stephen Mullaney, you know, our first <laughs> interviewee on the show, who picked up his first wicket in the tournament and got his old mate Ben Duckett out. So I'm sure he'd be happy with that one. He will. And it's not true what they say about us, Rich. We're not always causing poor foreman players. They're, uh, they're doing all right, our interviewees. Yeah, the curse of the hundred club. No, we've had a few good ones. <laughs> Adam we Mills have. having a great tournament. Katie Max going well. Yeah, it's, it's uh, fine. Don't be afraid to come on. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, yeah, if that's your superstition, it's very niche. Uh, yeah, <laughs> let's have a look at the tables. Um, starting with the women. Um, so the the I wouldn't say the wheels have come off the Southern Brave juggernaut, but they have registered their first loss. But they're still sitting pretty at the top on eight points, uh, followed up by the Northern Superchargers over Invincibles. And the Trent Rockets, with that win against the Welsh Fire, have put a little breathing space between them and the bottom half. Um, it's tight, though, isn't it? Yeah, I think realistically it's um, going to be London Spirit up. I think the Phoenix and the Originals are probably out of it now. I think yeah. the Southern Brave, I think that was a blip. Um, I think they will be, I think they will win the title. Um but then I think the Southern Brave and the Superchargers are still to play, aren't they? So that could be a big one. They're playing today. They are playing, uh, indeed, exactly. So that, that's going to be a, a really big one. I think if the Southern Brave win that, that's then more or less shooed into the top spot. And, mm. then it's a, and then it's a fight for the rest of the teams to get into that eliminator. Yeah. So at this point in the tournament, with the Test match on as well, they've stopped doing the four games on the Saturday and Sunday. They've got the double header today. Uh, Southern Brave uh, hosting the Northern Supercharger with the women, I think, at fifteen thirty BST. Yeah, I would say now, having had a look at the uh, forecast for today, it's pretty atrocious on the south coast. So I think the most I, likely outcome is is a no result. No? no, no, no. I looked not half an hour ago, and I don't know which weather service you're using, and this isn't the main point of the podcast. But uh, <laughs> it looked at worst like maybe some showers around the seventeen hundred mark, but the evening looked pretty good as well. Oh, that would be good. Hopefully we get a full game in there because, like I say, top of the table clash. I think everybody wants to see that. Yeah. So let's have a look at the men as well. Um, Trent Rockets looking pretty impressive at the top, yeah? They are. Um, they're finding ways to win and they've got different options. They've got a lot of experience, as we said, but they've also um, 
they're not afraid to chop and change. You know, Matt Carter came into the team. He did well. As we said, Marshall Delaney was doing well, but they weren't afraid to drop him and bring, you know, we'll have Riaz back in. Uh, Steve Mullaney came back into the side, as we said. Uh, yeah. He got bumped up the order, batted at four last night, played quite well. Um, so, you know, Andy Flower's a very smart coach. Andy Flower's been doing this thing as well. I don't know if you noticed, in the strategic timeouts when they're batting, he sends in the next man in to be part of the huddle, to be part of the discussion. Interesting. Is, and he's the first coach to do that. So, you know, Andy Flower, great think about the game. I think there's it's sort of no surprise they're up there. Um, again, I think I applaud your 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 vision to spot that. I hadn't spotted it myself. <laughs> I have to say, somebody somebody pointed out on Twitter, and I noticed that rather okay. than seeing it live. But <laughs> it's 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 a good it's a good a uh, good bit of uh, coaching, I think. Yeah. I think the Welsh Fire is still in it. I mean, there's only two yeah. points separating them and the originals. So I think, aside from the spirit, who we can all agree are not quite up to the races, uh, it, it, anybody else could still be in the postseason. I've got my fingers crossed that I'm going to be able to wear my Welsh Fire shirt to the Eliminator at least. Uh, Glenn Phillips hitting 50 yesterday, starting to find a bit of form, I think is a pivotal part of that because at the moment the batting is probably just letting them down a touch. But we'll see. We've got the Southern Brave clearly against the uh, Northern Superchargers, fourth against fifth later on today. Uh, let's see how that one goes. But I, I think, yeah, again... Um, these are we're we're very much in the sort of the, the the critical stages now with just three games left. Indeed, and I'm looking forward very much to seeing the Trent Rockets tomorrow at the Oval when they take on the uh, the, the Invincibles. So are you there? Are you? I'll yeah, I'll have a chance to judge just uh, you know just how good they are in the flesh. So good. very much looking forward to that. Well, if you do get any footage, let me know, and I'll stick it out <laughs> on the Insta. Um, uh, anything standing out to you from the stats in the, in the, in the tournament so far? I think it's quite interesting looking at what Crickviz are calling their MVP ranking. Um, yeah. So they're basically taking into account the impact players are having on a game and to, to work out who the most valuable player is. I noticed that you know Case Ahmed was doing particularly well in those uh, the rankings, uh, the Afghan spinner. And, and, and another Afghan spinner, Rashid Khan, is you know, making a huge impact as well, both with bat and ball. He doesn't like to be called a leg spinner, I hear. He likes to be known as an all-rounder and... Uh, Probably disappointed he didn't get a bat yesterday, but you know he, he seems to be having a huge impact as well. And as you mentioned earlier, um, Adil Rashid up at the uh, Superchargers yeah. is bowling extremely well. Um, so I think those those kind of it, it's been a good tournament for spin. Three leg spinners who thought yeah. who'd have thunk it? Uh, they're famously the most valuable talents around in the short form of the game, and it's been proven once again by the hundred. No surprise there, perhaps. Yeah. Um, and clearly, we've got the test match on going at the well um, at the moment as well. Um, I think, you know, I would just like to put it on record that I don't like to judge a team until I've seen both sides bat. And there's a lot of cricket left in that match, isn't there? Yeah, absolutely. I think when India got bowled out for, what was it, 36 in Adelaide at the back end of last year, of course, the natural reaction was to uh, call for cancellation of the IPL. Uh, <laughs> yeah, of course it wasn't. You know, it was a bad start to the tour. But you know, the thing about test matches is it's a long series, and there's there's time to pull yourselves back out. And um, I, I'm with you. Let's let's judge it after you know four or five tests. But uh, yeah. you know, this this instant reaction to you know one bad innings against some incredible bowling. Let's make that clear. Bumrah and Shamu are absolutely on their game. On, on Perfect. The yeah. Um, so let's, let's not just sort of write the obituary of, of English cricket on the basis of one day. We uh, we always love to burn the bales nice and early, to use the, <laughs> sort of the cricket analogy. But uh, yeah, no, plenty plenty to come in there. What I will say, though, is if you want to improve your fielding, England, perhaps you should play more white ball cricket and not yeah. drop so many catches. 
And while we're on the subject of white ball cricket, shout out to Bangladesh. Absolutely. Down the Aussies. Um, you know, that one's gone a bit under the radar, but you know, two two sides in every match. So if we're seeing that in a bilateral series, then it means that the T20 in the UAE could be really open. So a good result there. Certainly looking forward to all of that. Okay, Rich, that was a good counter through. Thank you very much for joining us uh, today. If you've enjoyed that, then please give us a like and uh, subscribe to the channel where we'll be continuing to follow the 100 as it approaches the final stages. Cheers, Tom. Thank you.